Go ahead. Let's, let, let's talk about this, the second in this series, and I want to talk about God the fire starter. He's God the fire starter. We know he has many titles. I'm not so well, this is a title because it says in the Scriptures that our God is a consuming fire. So it's a title. It's one of his titles. Listen, we need, in this day and age, we don't appreciate fire. It's about the only time we get around one. Maybe you have a fireplace in your home uh, or, you know, you have a little camp out once in a while. We just love sitting around the fire and sing Kumbaya. But you need to understand the power and the importance of fire. We could spend a lot of time talking about this because it was literally the first invention. Now, listen, I don't believe in all this caveman stuff and weird stuff. I know some people lived in caves. <laughs> but listen, Adam and Eve knew about fire. I don't think anybody invented it. They knew about fire. And the thing about fire, just real quick, what does it do? It, it creates warmth. It keeps predators away. It cooks food. I didn't know this, but cooked meat is more, has more calories and is, more, and is better for you than meat that's not cooked. So they'd kill something instead of gnawing on raw meat. Someone said, oh, we put on fire. And when you cook it, it's actually more healthy for you, and it develops muscle and so on and so forth so that you can catch the next deer. Right? So it's, it's, it's protection. It's light. Right? They would carry it with them, cook food, improve health. But listen, it's no coincidence that God talks about fire in a spiritual sense. And God is a fire. And God sends fire. And we cannot start the fire. Only God can start fires. Don't fool yourself. It's not about, well, if I do this, God will start a fire. No, no, the fire's already burning. You just need to find it. You just need to be obedient so the fire will burn on you. It, because if you're not obedient, it's, it's, it's like trying, trying to light a log that's been in the rain for a week. It's really hard to light those fires. Welcome to my world. I'm talking about you. <laughs> Don't look at I'm talking about you. No, I'm talking about you. It's hard to light things that are wet. So, so Lord, send the fire. Send the fire. He is a consuming fire. And, we, and sometimes we think of fire in a negative sense because it burns things up. We say, now, why would God want to burn me up? He don't want to burn you up. He wants to burn what is of no use to you. He wants to burn the things that are actually holding you back. He may burn some things that you really love, but if he burns them, it's because you don't need it, and it's actually hindering you. And this thought came to me the other day. That Actually, it came to me this morning that, that nothing ever disappears off the face of the earth. If a house burns down, we think it disappears, but nothing ever disappears. Water evaporates, but then it comes back down. Things change form, but they're never eliminated. Wow. I was, I was thinking the other day about gold. 
You know, some, some of you maybe have gold in your ring or a gold this or that. You have no idea how old that gold is. That gold could have been in Solomon's temple because no gold ever disappears. Once they find the gold, it's always there. Somebody will take it, make it into something, and then someone will conquer them, melt it down, and make it into something else. And the gold in your ring might be thousands of years old. It might have been from Solomon's temple. I, I think that's cool. Hello? I don't, you're not impressed. Okay. What I'm saying is nothing ever disappears off the face of the earth. Nothing since the creation has disappeared. Nothing just poof vanishes. It changes form. So the fire of God, its purpose is not to, not to destroy you. It's to change you. It turns drug addicts into faithful church members. It, it changes, oh my God, it burns depression into joy. It takes doubt and, and creates faith. It, 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 my God, it, it, it turns a thief into a giver. It changes our life. Let the fire of God touch you and it will change your life. Let's not be afraid of the fire. So there are five times, I believe, that God sent fire on the planet. One, two, three, four, five, right? You okay? Five, 10, 15, 20, 25 minutes. You ready? I sense, I sense doubt in the, in the congregation. Now, the first one you may wonder about, it's Cain and Abel. He said, I don't remember fire falling on Cain and Abel. Well, the Bible says that God accepted Abel's sacrifice, but rejected Cain's. And it doesn't say how God did that. But in Jewish tradition, that is century, that is millennium old now, in Jewish tradition, here's what they believed. They believed God sent fire down on Abel's sacrifice and consumed it. And he, and, and he does that again and again in the Scriptures. So I'm okay with that. But either way, God accepted Abel's sacrifice and rejected Cain's sacrifice. Listen, everything you do is, not everything you do is accepted by God. I want the, I want the fire to fall. If you want the fire to fall, you got to live right. He doesn't burn disobedience. Well, he burns it, but that's a different fire. Genesis chapter 4, we, we know the story. Time passed. Cain brought an offering to God from the produce of his farm. Uh, Abel also brought an offering, but from the firstborn animals. So, he, so Abel's sacrifice was a living sacrifice. It, something had to die. Nothing died with Cain. Wow. Choice cuts of meat. God liked Abel and his offering, but Cain and his offering didn't get his approval. Cain lost his temper and went into a sulk. God spoke to Cain, why this tantrum? Why the sulking? If you do well, won't you be accepted? Hello, church. If you do well, won't you be accepted? If you do well, the fire will fall. And if you don't do well, sin is crouching, lying in wait for you, ready to pounce. It's out to get you. You've got to master it. Wow. Praise God. 
Cain had words with his brother. They were out in the field. Cain came at Abel, his brother, and killed him. God said to Cain, where is Abel, your brother? He said, how should I know? Am I his babysitter? God said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood. Did you know blood has a voice? Blood has a voice. From now on, you'll get nothing but curses from this ground. You'll be driven from this ground that has opened its arms to receive the blood of your murdered brother. You'll farm this ground, but it will no longer give you its best. You'll be a homeless wanderer on earth. Doesn't that exactly describe the way society is today? They're not grounded. Christians have a foundation. We stand on the rock. We know what's right and what's wrong. We know how to live. We know how to die. We know, we know all the, we're grounded, right? We're the house built on the rock. But Cain is of a generation that's, that's one. And boy, we're seeing it today. You know, people aren't connected to the, to the land, but they're not connected to the, the, the scriptures anymore. And they're just everywhere. They're of the generation of Cain. They're wanderers. They're disconnected. Come on, church. And let me tell you something else about Cain. He doesn't like us. Are y'all seeing this? This world does not like us. And they're liking us even less. Why? Because Abel properly worshiped God. It's no wonder when you really get into worship, the devil gets really ticked off. One reason is because you took his job. That's another sermon right there. You took his job. You are the worship leader now. We don't have one worship leader. You're all worship leaders. Some of you don't lead well. Some of you think you're here to be entertained. No, you're here to lead worship. Well, who am I leading? Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Some of you need to good, have a good talk with yourself and say, look, we need to worship self. Yeah, but I'm tired today. I stayed up late watching the late show. Yeah, I just talked to somebody. Amen. People are unsettled. They're, they're disconnected. And they hate us. They're trying to cancel us. It's called cancel culture. They say they're the ones that are awake. It's the woke group. I'm woke. We've been talking about awakenings long before this. They're trying to cancel us. It's interesting. I'm old enough to remember when, when the theaters and TV and all this stuff really, really got big. Yeah, I'm old. I'm not old enough to know Noah, but I, I did know one of his sons, I think. But I remember when movies were coming out and they were not rated. And the Catholic Church came out with ratings. And they said, we're going to rate movies so our members know what, what not to go to. And it so intimidated Hollywood that they decided that they would rate 
their own, they would rate it themselves. And that's where they came up with R and I get what's a, uh, X and R and GP thir- PG-13 and PG. So they did that. And also, also, it got to the government to where on television, in other words, television and movies were censored by the church. Society was censored by the church. How many remember blue laws? There was a time where and it wasn't just a government thing. It was the culture of the church that influenced society. Now, instead of the censoring coming from the church, it's coming from the woke group. It's flipped. And now they're telling us what we can say and what we can't say. Hello, Facebook. Twitter. What's that other one? Instagram for the young people, yes. I never thought I'd see the day that Facebook is for old people. What happened? You got If you're young, you're on Instagram now. You, and they're censoring. They're deciding what you can say and what you can't say. How many believe that's going to get worse? So cancel culture is telling us, shut up. They're not killing us yet, but they're telling us, just shut up. Go away. We don't want your influence. Not only do they disagree, they, you see, this whole thing started with, let's all just get along. It was called tolerance. Let's all be tolerant of each other. I, I, I'm okay with tolerance, but now it's not about tolerance anymore. It's about we're right and you're wrong, so shut up. And that's exactly what's happening to the church world today. And, and that's what they tried to do in the first generation. They dragged them into court and they said, you need to shut up and quit preaching about Jesus. And you know what they said? Whether we obey God or man, that's up to you. But as for us, we must preach the good news of Jesus Christ. Put me in jail, that's okay. There's countries now where you preach on certain subjects. You will be put in jail. It's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. You remember I said back in January, a year and a half ago, whatever it was, that a darkness was coming. I'm... Can I, will you allow me to step out into prophecy again one This is not going to get back to normal. This is not, I don't think this is going to get better. This whole crisis has been used as a way, the crisis is real, but it's been used, right? Never waste a good crisis. This crisis has been used to shut down the church. I heard a scientist say the other day that it's not just the D variant. He said there are more variants than there are letters in the alphabet right now. They say there's probably a hundred variants. All it takes is one of these to get popular. And start spreading. I heard the other day that, and it shocked me, there are almost 
40 nations right now. 40. 40 nations. I think it was 38, 37, something like that. But almost 40 nations that are actively developing chemical, biological warfare. How many know those, of those 40, many are not good nations? And there's nothing stopping them from launching something. Maybe on their neighbor that floats into America. Who knows? Listen, I'm not here as a prophet of doom. My God is, my God is great. The church is actually going to do better in hard times than we did in the good times. We're going to be fine. Amen. After God just cuts away those that aren't living the entertainment group, bye. The I'm here for what I can get out of it, bye. See you later. But the real church of Jesus Christ, the church that's willing to pay the price, the church that's willing to put the right sacrifice on the right altar and worship God in spirit and truth, we're going to stand. We will not be canceled. The woke crowd, I got a word for the woke crowd. We're awake. It's called the awakening, and the church is not dying. It is awake. How many millions of babies have been aborted? Their they're blood. I want, I want you to hear what I'm about to say. I want you to hear what I'm going to say. Of the hundreds of millions of aborted babies, their blood is crying out. And there's going to be a rectifying. Can I go longer than 30 minutes? Because I'm going 30 just on point one. I've said this before. Abraham Lincoln said of the Civil War, he said, the blood drawn from the lash is being paid for by the sword. And 600,000 died in the Civil War. Can you imagine? When those 13 were killed in Afghanistan. Horrible. I'm talking 600,000 But how many died in slavery? And how many were whipped? In the South, the population of some of the, the black communities was actually larger than the white communities. <laughs> I wish I remember the number now, like 10 million? How many were killed? How many were whipped? Their blood, every last drop of it, Gee, God took an account of every last drop. I'm telling you, when the enemy comes against you, he knows it. There's a record being kept of everything that's done against you in the name of Jesus. So just stand tall. He's not left you. He's not forsook you. Don't worry when they come against you. Don't worry when they want to shut you down. Don't worry when they tell you to shut up. Listen, don't be belligerent. Don't be ugly. Don't get in people's face. We need to love every single one of them but do not shut your mouth you need to be a light be a flame be a witness for the glory of God
Number two. I got fired up on that one. I guess we are starting a fire in a rainstorm. The burning bush was the next one. You know the story, Exodus chapter 3, verse 2 and 3. The angel of the Lord appeared to Moses in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn. You got to turn and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. He did not know it was God. He just knew there was a bush burning that wasn't being consumed. You know what's going to win this world for Jesus? A miraculous move of God. One of the first really cool things I heard about when I first got saved. My God. This, this happened, I'm trying to remember the year. I think it was well, the early 70s. I got saved in 73, I think, late 73. Whatever. A long time ago. And I heard about this story, and you could you could you could Google it right now if you want to. But there was this church in Indonesia that had experienced revival and the power of God was moving. And what happened was the roof was on fire, but it wasn't a natural fire. It was so real, several fire departments came. And they rushed into the church where hundreds of people were worshiping. And they said, you need to get out. Your church is on fire. It was the Holy Ghost. That was over 45 years ago, and I'm still praying, God, light the roof on fire. Come on, church. Light the roof on fire. We need a move of God. It's the only, listen, we're not going to win an argument. We need the power of the Holy Spirit moving in our midst. Our cute little songs are not going to see this world saved. Our little comfortable sanctuaries are not going to see this world change. Little cute little, oh, pastor, that was such a, no, 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 no. We need messages that are on fire with the fire of the Holy Ghost. Ghost. We need messages whether you like it or not. It's the word. Let it burn. Moses said, I must turn aside. I need to leave the path. I need to stop going where I was going and go look at what this is. We need a move of the Holy Ghost that will change people's direction. Lord, help me to preach this. And he said, I need to take my shoes off. I need to take my shoes off. Because that fire must have just warmed up the ground. And he said, I don't want anything separating me from this that God has touched. Oh, that we would begin to pray, oh God, I don't want anything to separate me from the fire. That's already burning. Oh, Jesus, help us in this place. James 21, James 1, 21. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness, overflow of wickedness. Receive with meekness. So you got to do one before you go to two. 
Receive with meekness the implanted word. It's already there. Let it take root. Let it start fire, which is able to save your souls. But listen, be doers of the word and not hearers only. Now, this, this has some interesting history here, these doers and hearers. This is the age of the Greek philosophers, right? Plato, Socrates, all these guys. And they would go out into the city square and begin to teach. And they had their followers. And then they had people who would just want to check it out. It's kind of like, like having college courses out where anybody can just come. But certain of them pay for them. What do they call it? Auditing in class? Where you can come, you don't have to pay for it, but you don't get any credit either. But some people pay for the course. And what would happen is the students who paid for the course, that were disciples, the teacher would sit and they would sit around him. They were the doers. And then a crowd would collect. And they would stand behind the doers. And they were just curious. They were called the hearers. In church today, we also have doers, people who pay the price of discipleship. And they come and they sit to hear, not just to hear, but to do the word, to experience something that will change their lives. And then we have church people who only come to check it out. And most of them were there to criticize, to critique. Listen, there's always somebody in the congregation who's, who's only, the only reason they're checking their Bible is to make sure I'm saying it right. Oh, I don't think that, huh? Oh, fire on Cain and Abel, I don't think that's in there. I don't know. Are you hearing me? <laughs> that word for being a doer is, is the same word we get the word poetry from. I don't know about you, but I hate poetry. Right? I, I could read a book every day, but I, I don't think I've ever, I don't know that I've ever read a complete poem in my life. I get about halfway through and I said, this is too much work. Because they hide everything in, right? You got you to gotta think about it. You can't skim a poem. You read one verse and you think, what in the world is he talking about? It's meant to make you think. And so, so he said, the, doer, the doers are the poets in the congregation. They're the ones who dwell on the word. They, what does that mean? How does that affect my life? How does that change things? How do I do this? How do I enact this? But the listeners are like, eh. Good service today, Pastor. Bye. Thank you for your compliment. But has it changed your life? Number three. Leviticus chapter 9, verse 21. You still with me? Whew, I'm not sure I'm with me. But the beast and the right thigh, Aaron waved as a wave offering for the Lord as Moses had commanded. Then Aaron lifted his hand toward the people. Right hand. Blessed them and came down from offering the sin offering, the burnt offering, and the peace offerings. 
And Moses and Aaron went into the tabernacle of meeting and came out and blessed the people. Then the glory of the Lord appeared to all the people and fire came out from before the Lord and consumed the burnt offering and the fat on the altar. When all the people saw it, they shouted and fell on their faces. If fire would suddenly fall, boom! You'd be like, yeah, you the man. I'd be required to get a bus and travel. Yeah, yeah, fire. I mean, listen, they built everything. They put the right off. They, they, they did everything the way God told them to do it, right? And someone said, get the Bic lighter and let's get this thing started in here. And all of a sudden, fire fell out of heaven. And consumed the sacrifice. That was a cool day. And everyone shouted. I like what Wilkerson said once. He said, the next move of God, people aren't going to fall backwards. They're going to fall forward. It's time to just not be blessed and blown away. But it's time to just fall on our faces and say, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Oh, I got to hurry. Come on. Uh, let me just say, obedience is better than sacrifice. You need what you have, just lay it on the altar, and the fire will fall. Number four, Elijah and Jezebel. We're headed for a war. Jezebel is alive and well. The spirit of Jezebel is alive and well. And in this case, it said that Elijah had to rebuild, say rebuild. He rebuilt the altar. Sometimes, church, we got to go back and rebuild some things that have been neglected, that have been ignored. But every time we do, there's going to be a confrontation. We're not called, we're not called to judge the world, but we are called to stand and to rebuild the altars. At this time, notice it said that the prophet, I mean the, the servant to the king, hid thousands of prophets in caves, in groups of 50. Sound like COVID? We've been hid away in caves. And the devil said, <laughs> let me just put them in a cave and we'll just kill this thing. But what the devil didn't count on and this is something we said right from the beginning, is that we don't have to meet once a week for the fire to fall. That the church, listen, the church isn't the only place the fire falls. And I prayed, and some of you know exactly what I'm talking about, because you began to meet in your homes, and you began to invite people to your homes, and God began to fall in small groups. And oh my God, and, we, and in our caves, the Bible said that they were fed and watered in their caves. God took care of us in the caves. The fire of God fell in the caves. And when we came out of the caves, we went right into revival. Wow, hallelujah. Just just like we prophesied at the beginning of this, that God was going to use this time to demonstrate His glory. Hallelujah. It's good to have the church. We need the church. But you are the church. Set a fire 
in your cave. I want to tell you something. Politics will not get this done. Quit saying, I wish so-and-so or I wish that one was in office. That is not where your hope lies. God raises it up. God puts them down. It's the God that answers by fire. I want you to hear something. Elijah was outnumbered. Like 700 to 1. Elijah thought he was the last one left. Can you imagine? Can you imagine coming to church one Sunday and you're it? I'm the last one in Journey Life Center. I'm the last one. Whew. Here he comes. He was outnumbered. But with Father, Son, Holy Ghost, you always have a majority. The fire fell. You, you know, I don't have time to. You know the story. The fire fell, consumed the sacrifice. It did not fall on their sacrifice. I got a word for the woke crowd. The fire ain't coming. You may think you're having a margin of success, but it ain't coming. Because what you're preaching isn't real. It's not woke. It's not truth. Come on. And I know you're trying to shut us down. And maybe we need to be more sensitive. That's okay. I'll be sensitive. But at the same time, nothing's going to cancel the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. If it's in the book, I intend to preach it. Come visit me in jail. And if Facebook doesn't like it, we'll go to partner. Amen. Well, some of you don't know what I'm talking about. You know, it's interesting. You okay? It's been 30 minutes. You okay? It's interesting to read the scriptures. Do you know who, do you know who, who was president when Paul was around? Nero. <laughs> How many know it wasn't just... Nero wasn't just corrupt. He was crazy. I mean, certified nut. He wanted to do, he wanted to rebuild part of Rome, so he burnt it down while the people were still in their homes. He just burnt down the slum area and said, oh, well, we got a fire. I guess we could build my new temple. And then he, people got upset, so he blamed it on the Christians. He said, the Christians started the fire, and that started persecution. Nero, how about him for president? But my point is this, Paul never mentions him. Paul never talks about the government. Paul never, in fact, the only thing Paul says about the government is pray for them. And he also says submit to those in authority. Until they cross the line. Right? The apostle said, we'll obey. We'll pay our taxes. We'll do whatever you want. But when you say for us to do something that's immoral or you tell us to stop preaching, I'm sorry, we're going to disobey that law. 
But this is, listen, Paul says pray for them, pray for them, pray for them. Come on. Jesus never talked much. The only thing Jesus said was give unto Caesar what is Caesar's and unto God what is God's. That's all he said. And when he had to pay his taxes, he got it from a fish. That ain't right. I want a fish. I want my tax dollar from a fish. That ain't right. Jesus, that's cheating. He's just, you know, at that point, he's just showing off. I'll go get that fish over there. Oh, oh, oh. That ain't right. The Apostle John might have had some references to it in Revelation, kind of secretive, we don't know, because it was the spirit of Antichrist, and he talked about all that. But listen, there's, there's nothing about the government. God, Listen, we Christians should care. Let, now, go vote and all that stuff. Be a good citizen. But I'm here to tell you, it is not about the government. Quit being upset by it. And if it upsets you, if you're right, left, in the middle, or God help you wherever you are, if the news upsets you, shut it off. There are times I go through seasons where I just shut the news off because when it starts invading my spirit and I start getting upset and I start getting kind of, these people are crazy kind of thing, I just shut it off because it doesn't matter. God's in charge of this planet. He's in charge of everything. And listen, even the crazy stuff is going to work for the glory of God. It's all coming to the end. Let it go. Let it go. Am I helping somebody? Say, Pastor, why don't you preach more about politics? Because it's not in the Bible. Oh, you're just afraid to take a stand. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what my stand. My stand is with Jesus. They dragged me to jail, but I'm going to stand. How many believe I'll stand in the name of Jesus? And I'm not being belligerent or ugly about it. I'm just here to tell you, if it's in the Word, we need to be preaching the entire Word of God. And if they want to shut us down, they can shut I don't care because the word, listen, this word is being, it's getting all over the world. I mean, the world we're, the word we're preaching right here this morning. People are listening all across the country and in other countries, and praise God for it. <laughs> but the Lord's in charge. It's all working together. Yeah, there's going to be a war. Our hope is not in the ballot box. It's in the mercy seat. Oh, God, help us. Number five. Woo. Baptized in fire. Isn't it great that everyone can have a fire? I like what John said, John the Baptist, Matthew chapter 3. John, you know the first Baptist? What? But when, but when he saw many coming from among the wealthy elite, the Jewish society, many of the religious leaders known as Pharisees, in other words, the church people, Coming to witness the baptism. By the way, this is a really big deal. Historians think that there were literally tens of thousands of people getting baptized. It was messing with the whole religious system. He began to denounce them. Good preaching, John. Saying, you offspring of vipers. Well, there's that. Who warned you to slither? (laughs) 
away like snakes from the fire of God's judgment. I'm not a John the Baptist. You must prove your repentance. Wow. By a changed life. And don't presume you can get away with merely saying to yourselves, we're Abraham's descendants. I was raised in the church of God. For I tell you, God can awaken these stones. He can wake rocks up to become sons of Abraham. I want to see that one. The axe is now ready to cut down the trees at their very roots. I'm talking about you, Pharisees. Every fruitless, rotten, (laughs) glory to God, will be chopped down and thrown into the fire. And at that point, John Baptist did a helicopter. Those who repent, I baptize with water. But there is coming a man, capital M, after me, who is more powerful than I am. I'm baptizing tens of thousands. But listen, in fact, I'm not even worthy enough to pick up his sandals. He will submerge you into union with the spirit of holiness and with a raging fire. The old timers used to, we, I guess we still say, they used to get up and say, I'm to testify, right? Hey, listen, back in the day, if you couldn't testify 15 minutes, you weren't saved. I'm serious, man. You test. The old timers would get up and begin to testify, and they'd always start, I praise God, I'm baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire. Right? And, and they went kind of crazy with some of this stuff because they didn't understand what it was. They thought that it was the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and then there was the next level, which is fire. And then that wasn't enough, so they start making up levels. Really? So then I think one of them was dynamite. <laughs> and they would just keep making things up. They keep going from higher and higher experiences. Now, this is all one experience. When the Holy Ghost comes, he comes as fire. Because you can't have, listen, how many remember when we used to preach, you can't have the baptism of the Holy Ghost with an unclean vessel? What happened to that? Did we just change denominations? I said, you can't have the Holy Spirit. Now, if you're saved, you have the Holy Spirit. But you can't be baptized, immersed in the Spirit with a filthy vessel. Without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. Oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. The fire. No, it's all one thing. He said when Jesus comes, he's going to baptize with the Spirit and with fire. I said, well, when did that happen? It happened in Acts chapter 2. Church, we we need to go beyond repentance and live in the fire. Acts chapter 19. Y'all remember this one? I love this. He goes to Ephesus, and uh, so Apollos was in Corinth, and 
Paul traveled through the regions of Turkey to arrived in Ephesus. He found a group of 12 followers of Jesus. And the first, th first thing he asked them was, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you became believers? Now, for all those people who think receiving the baptism in the Spirit is the same thing as getting saved, you need to read that verse carefully because it's a separate act of grace. You're saved and then baptized. No, they replied, we've not even heard of a Holy Spirit. <laughs> Paul asked then, what was the meaning of your baptism? They respond, it meant that we would follow John's teachings. Paul said John's baptism was for those who were turning from their sins, and he taught you to believe and follow the one who was coming after him, Jesus the anointing one. Is that right? Is that salvation? Yes. These 12 were saved. When they understood this, they were baptized into the authority of Jesus. Let, let's, let, you know, John baptized you, but let's make sure you get this baptism right, the anointed one. And then Paul laid his hands on each of the 12, and the Holy Spirit manifested, and they immediately spoke in tongues and prophesied. We got to get beyond repentance. And get to the fire. Jesus in Matthew 28 gave a great commission. He said this. Jesus came close to them and said, all the authority of the universe has been given to me. Now, wherever you go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Uh -huh. And teach them to faithfully follow all that I've commanded you. And never forget that I am with you every day, even to the completion of of the age. The Great Commission came with authority. But when the Holy Spirit came, they got the power. The authority is great. But if you don't have power behind it, it's, it's like a policeman. Ooh, that's a bad example. <laughs> it's like a policeman whose government has abandoned them. They have authority, but no power. Because as soon as they arrest someone, someone lets them go. Hello? Good example? See, I can slip in politics once in a while. Actually, that's not politics. That's just common sense. If people don't think they're going to get arrested or released, they're just going to walk into the store and take whatever they want. They now have limits. You can only steal up to $1,000. <laughs> Those were, oh, back in the day, oh, I would have abused that. We need to go beyond, commission gives you authority, but divine encounters give us power. Acts chapter 1, worship team, Acts chapter 1. It's only 45 minutes. You okay? Don't leave Jerusalem, on, but wait. Say wait until you receive the gift I told you about, the gift the Father has promised for John, baptize you in water, but in a few days from now, you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit.
And they sat and they prayed. I don't know what they did all that 10 days. Can you imagine if we put all of you in this sanctuary for 10 days and you had to live here? We'd either kill each other or we would have revival. Hello? We would learn to get along and we would pray or we'd kill each other. Because <laughs> we're all different. I want you to remember something. The only reason you're sitting here this morning is because of Jesus. Look around you. You have nothing in common with these people around you. Except Jesus. He's, he's, what, he's, he's who puts us together. Jesus. He's the reason we got up this morning instead of sleeping in. Jesus. He's the reason we came to church when we really needed to get something done at home. Jesus. What happened on the day of Pentecost? 120. It said the fire came and divided into little tongues of fire. 120 tongues of fire. I can't prove this scripturally, so don't, don't even look it up. Don't, don't worry about it. Here's what I think happened. How many remember the pillar of fire? that led the children of Israel. Whenever that pillar moved, what did they have to do? They needed to move with it. You couldn't make an excuse. If you said, I, I just can't go right now. I got things to do. Fine. See you later. Because when the pillar moves, we strike the tent, we pack everything up, and we move. Don't know where we're going, but we're going to follow that pillar. Fire by night, cloud by day. We're going to follow wherever it leads us. And if you don't go, you're just left behind. I wonder, God's kind of, because the pastor in me, the pastor in me wants to go back and get the one. Come on. If I have to carry you, we're going to keep you. That's the pastor in me. But at some point, the Holy Ghost is going to say it's time to move. And, and if they don't move, Pastor, you got to let them go. And I don't want to let anyone go, but sometimes... Bishop Jake says, my job as pastor is just drive the bus. I know where all the stops are. I know where the route is. I just stop. People get on. People get off. It's my job to drive the bus. It's my job to follow the flame, follow the fire. But here's what I believe happened. I believe that same pillar of fire came into the upper room, dropped into the upper room, just like it did in the Holy of Holies. <laughs> you know there's no natural light in the Holy of Holies? If God's not there, it's pitch black. If God's not in our lives, it's dark, fellas. 
If God's not in our lives, we are walking in darkness. There's sunshine in the outer corn. There's a lamp in, in, the, in the holy place. But in the holy of holies, there is no light but God. There's not even a shadow. I want to live in the holy of holies where my only source, my only hope, my only trust, if I don't have him, I've got nothing. I want to trust you, Lord. I want to trust you, Lord. That pillar of fire broke into 120 pieces and rested. Church, I'm just going to say this. When you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and by the way, there are so-called charismatic churches now where less than 10% of the members have the baptism. I don't even know why they call them charismatic. There are Pentecostal churches. <laughs> I got on to something. I was talking about the we need the move of God. We need the fire of God. And one, one church of God pastor got on there and said, yeah, but you know. People, do, people get, you know, weird, and, and we just can't, you know, we just can't deal with all the weird stuff, and it's better to just shut it down. And I responded. Ha! <laughs> huh, the prophet in me. I said, listen, I can deal with wildfire. I just can't deal with no fire. We'll deal with wildfire. Listen, we might have some weird services, and you might have some. You might go, <laughs> what? <laughs> I never saw that before. <laughs> we're we're going to have some people get in themselves. We're going to have some people get uh, over-emotional. By the way, emotions are part of worship. Joy is an emotion. Tears are an emotion. Come on, church. There's nothing wrong with getting emotional just don't get weird. Well, God made me. God didn't make you do anything. Spirit of the prophets is subject to the prophets. I tell you, the power God gets on you, so you just you think you're being forced to do something. You're never being forced to do anything. But listen, it's time. Listen, if you if you want to dance in the spirit, come on up here and dance. If you want to shout, shout. If you want to cry, cry. If you want to run, run. If you want to, if you if 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 the Holy Spirit knocks you out, puts you out, then fall. People say, Well, I don't understand. Why do people fall out in the spirit? Because they can't stand up. Right? I hear people have come up to this altar. By the way, I'm done preaching. People come up. People come up sometimes and say, I don't believe in all that falling out stuff, and I'm not doing it. They're the first one down. I knew a man once. I think God did it just just to bless me. He was one of the biggest men I've ever seen in my life. Broad shoulders. Six foot five, just, just a huge man. Got saved in our church. Every day he'd come up to the altar. I could barely reach him. I prayed for him. He fell out. Never, didn't even know what was happening to him. And then every time he came to the altar... He'd fall out. 
He'd walk out the hallway and see me in the hall. Walk around me. He'd say, Pastor, Pastor. This guy was strong and he could have broke me like a pretzel. But every time we laid hands on him, he fell out in the spirit. God did it just to tickle me. <laughs> Glory to God. So don't, don't tell me what you're not going to do. Because God's in charge of this place. This is his house. And God right now, the devil's trying to rain on this storm, rain on this place, but the rain has stopped and the glory has come and the fire of the Holy Ghost. Listen, you don't have to pray for fire. It's here. It's all around you. You just need to say, yes, Lord. You just need to obey. How are we going to keep this revival going? Listen, God sends the fire, but we have to keep putting wood on the altar. More on that later. Stand to your feet. Listen, you know, you know I have no power in myself. This is not, it's not about your pastor. You, you understand that, right? I mean, I said that in fun, but li listen. It is all about him. And he's the fire starter. I wonder how many. I thought this morning I should have brought a big lighter. How many feel like God needs to rekindle a fire in you? You don't have to, it doesn't have to fall from heaven. It's already fallen 2,000 years ago. The fire of the Holy Spirit is in this house. You just need to connect. And I, I just want to lay hands on you in the name of Jesus real quick. Because he's either going to do it or not. I'm, I'm not going to play games. We're just going to lay hands on you in the name of Jesus. And God, the fire starter, is going to ignite something new and fresh in you. Some of you might have to rebuild old altars. But God wants to move. He wants to start a revival like we've never seen in this church. But it's not going to happen if I'm the only one with fire. Yes. You know why they blew the trumpet? Because the fire was moving. Church, the fire's moving. They blew the trumpets. They blew the shofars. It's time to strike the tents. Pack up your clothes. Put it on your donkey. Put it on your back. Let's go. Let's go. How many, Journey, how many are willing and ready to go? If you want... To start walking in that flame again. I don't care if I'm going to pray for one or a hundred. I'm just going to touch you. And I have nothing to give you. But I'm trusting that God 
is going to light a fire in you. And it'll be different for everybody. I can't describe it. I don't know how to talk about it. But God is the fire starter. And the fire is here. You just got to tap into it. Get up here right now. Get up here right now. In Jesus' name. Fresh fire. Fresh fire.